Welcome to Highway 89, Utah's most scenic musical byway. I'm Eric Glissmeyer, and with me in the studio this hour is our special guest, Dmitry Levkovich. His performance this hour was arranged with the help of the Gina Bachauer International Piano Competition of Salt Lake City, Utah, where he was a competitor and prize winner in the 2010 competition. To date, Dmitry has won prizes in more than 20 piano competitions, most of which were international competitions, and has been featured, a featured soloist with orchestras such as the Cleveland Orchestra, the China National Orchestra, National Symphony Orchestra of Ukraine, and Utah Symphony. We'll chat with our guest later this hour, but first let's hear him perform some Scarlatti. This is a sonata in D major. Scarlatti's Sonata in D major, played by Dmitry Levkovich on Highway 89. Going to take a little time to chat with our guest today, uh, Dmitry Levkovich. Your grandmother was a prominent opera singer, your mother's a piano teacher, and your father, Alexander Levkovich, is a distinguished composer. So tell me about growing up in your house. What was it like to be surrounded by so much music? Well, uh, lots of characters, for sure. And you can call me Dmitry. Okay. Um... <laughs> Yes, my grandmother is also my dad's first piano teacher, so she's not um, 
only a singer, but uh, you know she she has uh, overall musical development, and she's still back in Ukraine teaching uh, voice and piano, and most of the opera houses in Ukraine have her students singing. When you were growing up, was it all classical music, or did you listen to other kinds of music as well? My father, at some point, he was choosing between being a classical composer or a pop music composer. So he composed himself uh, quite a few uh, pop songs and uh, music for theater, lots of music for theater, um, especially for children's theater. So I grew up uh, going to the place uh, put to his music and... Uh, uh, with lots of um, costumes, or not even just costumes, but you know this um, place for children where uh, it's not even puppets, but it's it's like actors wearing gigantic heads, uh, oh. uh, like painted heads. So it's people acting as oversized toys, you know. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, with your mother being a pianist, a, a piano teacher, was she your first piano teacher? Yes. What was that like? <laughs> you say unfortunately? <laughs> yes, unfortunately for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Explain. Um, because it's really difficult. Uh, it was very difficult for her. And naturally, as a, any child, I was throwing tantrums every chance I got. <laughs> um, and there was a biggest tantrum which happened when uh, I was eight. Um, and she said that she can't handle this anymore. Yeah. So I'm, I, because I kept saying that I hate music. I just hate it, and uh, <laughs> I'm not. I don't want to play piano. And uh, and she said, okay, look, I give up. Just do what you want. Yeah, that, that was. Enough. I'm not gonna force you anymore. You're on your own. And uh, so I was, really the happiest person at this moment. Like probably the happiest in my life. I wasn't forced to do anything anymore. And. Um, and then I immediately ran to do things which I wanted to do. And in three hours, I ended up at the piano, <laughs> except at my own will. <laughs> yeah, right. And so was it shortly after that then you got another teacher? Oh, I've, I think maybe already at the time I was going to school uh, in, uh, in the capital city of Ukraine. So I already had a teacher, but of course my mom was making a practice. Mm-hmm. In 1989, your father was named Composer of the Year in Ukraine. That's the highest honor that a musician can receive in that country. And you would have been about nine years old or so at the time. Do you remember that event? I don't remember that event specifically. Um, but I do remember that he was uh, one of four most published composers in Ukraine. And uh, in, some, uh, in some way, when we started immigrating... Uh, it could have been a mistake on his part, but he really had to get out of Soviet Union. Yeah, we're going to talk about that mm -hmm. before too long here. Um, mm -hmm. I want to keep talking just for a moment about composition, because you're a composer too. You have a degree in composition from the Curtis Institute of Music. Has your father been supportive of you composing? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no, I mean... After I already um, got to Curtis, then he he started started being supportive. But before that, I remember I would write something for piano, 
and his comments would be like, "Oh, that's unplayable." <laughs> so, so, it, so it was it was funny. Um, it was funny, but uh, later, I mean, later he definitely became supportive. But at say- first, when I was not anybody, I was just composing for fun. I think he was more pushy rather than supportive. Well, so when you say he he wasn't supportive and, and he was he was a bit critical of of the stuff that you were writing, is that what why he wasn't supportive, or was there another reason that he he didn't he wasn't excited about you being a composer? What was the real reason? Um, it's possible that after leaving Ukraine, things were going very slow for him, and he already he was on that one wave, and he was very young. Um, I mean, being one of top foremost composers of Ukraine by age of 36 it's really something and uh, he was on that one wave and after that all of a sudden he's left uh, making money by playing on the street you know playing keyboard on the street and that's that was a way of making a living so naturally he would he would be making that kind of living and passing by and seeing his kids you know, just sure. doing what he probably wishes to be doing. Yeah. Well, we're we're going to hear some more uh, Scarlatti now. You've already played one sonata. You're going to we're going to hear a couple of more. Uh, just before you play these, could you just tell us briefly what it is that you like about Scarlatti's sonatas? Well, I like the unpredictable rhythms and turns. Also. He was, um, you know, that that uh, that uh, playing around major and minor that's mainly attributed to Haydn, sure. but uh, Scarlatti seems to, you know, he was born way before, yes, and and he was playing around with that uh, even more and more pronouncedly, and I really like it when you expect this major to come and then there is. Uh, a minor dominant uh, beautiful tune yeah um, surprise is always a nice yes. element isn't it yes yeah. he he has a surprise element and rhythmically and harmonically and uh, yeah in every aspect so um, also he's a uh, <laughs> uh, he's the first one to start writing sonatas that's true um, and he wrote the you know they, they last from two minutes to if you don't take any repeats, it could be as long as one minute. <laughs> uh, from one to probably at most seven minutes with all the repeats. Well, let's hear them now. Two, two sonatas by Scarlatti, one in D minor and one in F minor. Thank you. 
This is Highway 89, and those were a couple of pieces by Domenico Scarlatti, Sonata in D minor and Sonata in F major, played by Dmitry Levkovich, and his performance this hour was arranged with the help of the Gina Bachauer International Piano Competition in Salt Lake City, Utah. Dmitry, while you were growing up, your family made a couple of international moves. The first was from Ukraine to Israel, and the second was from Israel to Canada. Tell us a little bit about both of those moves and why your family decided to move. Oh, um, my father, uh, my father had to leave uh, Soviet Union, and he knew that since since he was five years old, um, and eventually he just uh, grew older and learned more and uh, learned too much. Uh, about how how the Soviet Union was working, how communism was working, what was not working. Um, so the first chance we got, uh, we left. And actually, when he just heard about the possibility to leave the country, he took it and we were in Israel in two weeks after that. So imagine just living here and all of a sudden you take off and in two weeks you're you're gone. <laughs> so, so he said to your family, we're leaving. And two weeks later, you were in... Yeah, it was a really big surprise. There was no expectations of it. Yeah. So what year was that, that you made the move? Um, 1990. Okay. It was right before the war in Israel. Oh, yeah. It was, we arrived maybe five months before the war. And uh, I remember just a block away from us, uh, a whole... Um, whole section, the city section, was destroyed by a bomb. Oh my! Yeah, uh. by by like by, by one of those bombs, um, um, like you know, from from the from the sky. Yes, right. No, not like terrorist bombing, but actual sure. actual war bombing. Right. Yeah. Well, that must have been frightening to be to be that close. Yeah, I, I still <laughs> I still remember the um, siren. Oh yeah, it's very loud. <laughs> I'm sure that made quite an impression. Tell us about the move from Israel to Canada then. What was the reason for that? Well, um, imagine the size of Israel. And, you know, it's, uh, I know, I'm sure that it's much smaller than Utah. Probably so. Probably a few times smaller. Yeah. And imagine just the, uh, the city of Tel Aviv has 10 functioning orchestras. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so... It has too many musicians, um, too many really good professionals for to to get somewhere, and some people adapt quicker to a new environment, and some don't. For example, my dad had hard time learning uh, Hebrew. I see. Yeah, he never learned, but. Uh, uh, because one month after we arrived there, he, he got so disappointed. He thought that, you know, he would finally leave, uh, cross the Soviet Union jail cell, and then he'll get all the recognition which, you know, Western world has to offer. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but that hasn't happened so easy. And um, and so, yeah, he, he immediately put his mind on going to Canada. And he, as he said, closer to Juilliard School of Music. <laughs> right, <laughs> but uh, then it never happened for me. Um, I actually studied at Curtis, which is not uh, not bad itself. 
<laughs> yeah, I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah, so that's a great place. So um, you live in New York now, and I know that there it can be difficult to find the right place to live. Did it take you long to find an apartment in New York? Let's see. Took three weeks of constant searching. <laughs> you know about that? Have you lived in New York? Uh, no, I've just heard. I've just heard that it can it can be rather difficult, and I imagine it's especially difficult if you're if you're a pianist. In fact, I'm wondering, do your do your neighbors ever hear you practicing? They don't know yet, because I don't have a piano yet. <laughs> oh, really? You don't have a so you don't you don't practice at home ever. You don't you don't have a piano there or anything. Well, you? I got myself for the first time. I uh, got myself a Yamaha Klavinova, so it's electronic keyboard. I see. So you can uh, use headphones then, right? To Yes, but uh, that's last resort kind of practicing. That's what it is now. <laughs> sure. So you just leave and go, go where there's a, a real piano to, to practice. Mm, it's not so easy. I need, to, I need to really get myself a piano and move it. <laughs> and then I'll let you know. You will hear my neighbors complaining. From <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have to have them on the show and talk to them about it. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a show, yeah. Yeah, it could be, could be a very interesting one. Uh, your sister lives in New York too, right? Yes. Is she a musician as well? She used to go to the same school with me. But apparently there is a story that, uh, she, and she was also studying piano. And apparently after we moved to Israel, I would hide her music somewhere in the apartment. So that I don't hear her practicing. <laughs> so she had first she had to to switch her career to dancing, and and now she's really uh, an accomplished painter. Graduated from New York Academy of Arts, and uh, now freelancing in New York as beginning artist. You know, working in a, as a used to work as a waitress, and now she's actually managing a French restaurant in uh, Tribeca. So, what do you like about her paintings? I assume you like them. I guess I should ask first, do you like her paintings? Oh, yeah, I love it, yes. Um, I think it's the amount and the, the, prof the uh, how she's professional and the amount of detail in her painting. And at the same time, she can do photographic images, but it doesn't look anything like photograph. You know, it's, it's just right, right where it has to be. It's like, it, it's a painting, and it doesn't remind you of a photograph. But at the same time, it has understanding of light and shadow, and it has the imagination. So for me, I, th I think I'm, I'm supporting her as much as I can, you know. And I feel like, uh, like I've inspired her to do a few last paintings. Well, let's hear some, uh, some more music now. We're, gonna, we're going to switch things up a little bit and have some Chopin. We've got a Barcarolle and a Scherzo.
Two pieces by Chopin, a barcarolle and a scherzo, played by Dmitry Levkovich. Dmitry, we haven't talked a lot today about your resume, but it's certainly impressive. And one thing that especially stands out is the number of piano competitions in which you've won prizes. What do you enjoy about competing? Uh, makes you work, makes you really focus and put yourself uh, together and, and push yourself to the furthest. Stretch to, yeah, push. Yeah. Um, but there is... Good you didn't ask what I don't enjoy about it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you not enjoy about it? <laughs> oh, that's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, definitely uh, piano competitions play important role uh, played an important role in my development and um, I used it to my advantage you know I, I felt that experience of st- of the big stages uh, would make me grow it would give me more than just going to uh, take lessons with absolutely uh, amazing teacher whom I have but he cannot teach me to be on stage uh, you know, some things. I mean, he, he teaches me as much as he can, but there is something about the pressure and also something about playing in front of judges who are musicians. And at the same time, you shouldn't be thinking about it, right? You should be busy enough not to even have any space in your head to think sure. about it. So it really prepares uh, prepared me for being able to walk out on any stage uh, because if you perform in New York in Lincoln Center or Carnegie Hall of course there will be lots of musicians professional musicians in the audience but I already have the experience how to ward it off and and how to still focus on the music yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense so c- competitions actually prepare prepare uh, musicians for these kind of stages and the stress of it. Which do you like more, competitions or performing in a concert? <laughs> Naturally performing in the concert, yeah. <laughs> because, <would> <laughs> uh, because you know that you're going uh, already, when you get on the plane, you already know that um, you know, you're, you're not coming back empty-handed, first of all. You know, mm-hmm. all of this effort is not for nothing. And uh, and then you know you're preparing to just for people to come here only you, and and uh, you prepare for that you know just to offer your best but to be the entire show. So um, while in the competition, you travel sometimes across the world. Like once I had to travel. Uh, to a competition for uh, I think 26 hours because I went to Australia. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then you don't know if, if you are going to pass uh, to the second round. Imagine traveling 26 hours and then playing 20 minutes the first round. So and, and then you're done. If, I mean, if you don't even go on to the second round and you're done, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Sometimes that happens. You go and you play and you're 20 minutes and that's it. Then that's it. <laughs> yeah, that could be very disappointing mm-hmm. after all that travel. Well, let's hear the final piece on our program today. Uh, this is going to be Adolf Schultz Ebler's piano transcription of Johann Strauss Jr.'s The Beautiful Blue Danube. Once again, this is Dmitry Levkovich on Highway 89. 
what a fun way to end our program today. Adolf Schultz Evler's piano transcription of Johann Strauss Jr.'s The Beautiful Blue Danube. Our performer this hour has been the concert pianist Dmitry Levkovich, who performs regularly with orchestras in the U.S. and abroad. He's won prizes in more than 20 piano competitions. And to learn more about Dmitry, you can visit his website at dmitrylevkovich.com. Dmitry, thanks for being with us here today. It's been wonderful. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Highway 89 takes you to any number of destinations, every one of them musical and memorable. It's a production of BYU Broadcasting and recorded in our studios on the Brigham Young University campus. We'd love to hear from you anytime about our program. You can contact us at highway89 at byu.edu. I'm Eric Glissmeyer. Thanks for listening and join us again next time.